And as this goes out, happy Friday. We promised you a potential surprise this week, and boy, have we got a treat for you today with our very, very special guest. We'll reveal him in a second. But why the need for secrecy, I hear you ask? Well, in the ever-changing world of cryptocurrency, in order for us to make sure the content that we release today, the day of recording as Thursday, was relevant for tomorrow, our beautiful release, we needed to make sure we recorded this as close as possible to getting it out tomorrow morning. Even this morning, it's been revealed that Tesla has sold 75% of its Bitcoin ownership. So we didn't want to make a promise that we couldn't keep. And we certainly didn't want to release a podcast that wasn't right on the pulse as always. So as everybody knows, I'm Alex. And once again, I'm joined by Kirsty McGregor. And today we've got a very special crypto related guest. We're joined by Joe David. Joe, I know you're far more than a crypto guest, and we'll come on to some of that as we go through this, but you are the founder of Nefos, a cloud-focused accounting firm, but a much bigger part of your specialism is helping clients manage their crypto accounting. And obviously, at the moment, incredibly, incredibly valuable um, service. In March 2021, Joe also founded, I'm going to say it as MYNA. I should have checked this with you before, Joe, but you can correct me. Um, in a second, because it could also be, be minor. Exactly. There we go. I thought it might be, but I always take a bit of a risk, which is uh, one of the UK's first dedicated blockchain and cryptocurrency advisory businesses. And Joe, you're also going to come and talk to us a bit more in a second about the um, first of its kind service-based NFT that you've um, just released. So perfect opportunity, Joe. Good morning for us. Good afternoon for you coming in um, from Dubai. Thanks for joining. How are we? Yeah, really well. Thank you. Um yeah, um, like I say, afternoon for me. So I've had a bit more time to get into my day and like the you guys in the UK and South Africa, but uh, yeah, all good. Nice. And um, we've had the customary chat about the heat in London with Kirsty before we came on air. For the first time, I think someone in the UK this last 10 days has been trumped by somebody in Dubai on the weather front. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we can park that topic. But um, Kirsty's also here. Kirsty, morning. How are we? Good morning. I'm fine. Thank you. Listen, not just the heat in London, the heat in Yorkshire, nevertheless. You know, unbelievable. <laughs> I don't want to bring sport into this too soon, but I was watching the, te- the ODI in, in uh, Durham uh, yesterday or the day before, and they were saying that for the first time ever, I think, in the north of England, it's as hot as it was. Um, so everybody's benefiting um, from the sun at the moment. But Kirsty, um, this is a bit of an alien topic for a lot of people. <laughs> Um, and for I think, me, go on, say it. <laughs> from our conversations, you've you've concluded that you know a bit, but not loads. Um, and really, the objective of today, as we've discussed, is to try and um, open the door on some um, crypto-related topics, um, but also, and and more importantly, talk about it from an accounting and business perspective because of of obviously Joe's experience and, and background. So I'm going to throw it over to you. I'm going to I'm going to pass the ball over to you, Kirsty. And why don't you kick us off and, and start building the base for for today's podcast? Thank you, Alex. Yeah, well, I won't lie when I say that I am really trying hard <laughs> to understand more about this sector and I have been for about four or five years. Um, and, and I just felt like I did not understand it enough. And um, I'm not an investor myself in crypto, so that probably doesn't help. Uh, and I probably should be. But um, just a few months ago, that paragraph of, of introduction there that Alex has just said, I, I would have thought that, that was in a foreign language. So I do feel like I'm getting a little bit further on. And I'm hoping that by the end of today, Joe is going to um, uh, be very gentle with us and uh, and give us loads of skills. And we'll all know a lot more by the end of this. So whether you are an experienced um, investor or got clients that are or whether like me, um, it, it is very alien to you, then uh, let's get stuck in. 
So for those that don't know you, Joe, and probably um, especially for those that haven't been involved in the world of cryptocurrencies or NFTs yet, can you explain what they are and what your specialism is? Yeah, of course. So um, so I guess starting with what, what crypto and what NFTs are, um, so cryptocurrency is a, is a, a technology built on, on a blockchain um and the blockchain is a decentralized network and by decentralized we mean that there is no controlling party it is the network is controlled by the uh, the users of the network and they are the ones that, that validate the transactions on that network um a blockchain is immutable so it means it can't be changed it can't be deleted um, the only way it would be able to be changed or deleted is if a uh, majority of the network decided to do that and obviously, you're not going to get a majority of people that want to break something that they're all participating in. Um, and yeah, so that, that's what that's what kind of, I guess, cryptocurrency is in, in, in that sense. Um, NFTs are a, a form of digital assets. So they're a form of, uh, you know, blockchain based um, token. And typically, they're non-fungible. There's only one of them. They're unique. Um, and they can be used in many ways they've been used as, as uh, really expensive digital art which i'm sure people have seen in the news where one was sold for 100 million or something <laughs> stupid um and but, but for me i've always been when i've been talking about nfts i've always been um and we'll touch on ours shortly but um i've always been of the believer of actually what the nft um kind of functionality has and utility that can be built into an nft i think is actually mind-blowing and incredible so um, I'm keen to touch on that as well at some point around, you know, it's not just these stupidly priced digital art. It's actually there's some real utility behind NFTs. Right. Let's go further into that first, because, uh, yeah, I need to understand more about your NFT as well. So what, what have you done? Mm -hmm. So, like I say, I want to I want to change. Whenever I've been in, in, in business and, and been in accounting and whatnot, I've always wanted to try and change the perception slightly of how. Um, you know how we're perceived as accountants, or, or how technology is perceived, etc. Right. So, um, so, so crypto for me is no other. You know, no, no difference. That I want to make sure that that people understand that there's a huge um, kind of world out there that, that can be uh, you know utilized. So, um, so with the NFT again, like I said, I wanted to prove more than just um, pictures. So what we've built is a what we've called a professional services NFT. So we've basically built a membership club. Um, which is tied behind a uh, tokenized uh, blockchain-based subscription, effectively, is what we've done. So, um, so like I say, in simple terms, you buy our NFT, um, you therefore become part of our club, if you like, and by becoming part of our club, you will receive benefits of being a part of that um, club. So that might be access to events, it might be uh, opportunities to participate in uh, private sales for some of our clients who are releasing new tokens, it might be competitions, um, we're doing a bit of a fantasy football one at the moment where we're, you know, for next season, we're going to try and get a big, decent prize pot um, in there as well. Um, so it's kind of like building a community. And I think in the accounting profession, we're all very much siloed in our like little world of what we do. And I'm, I, I want to do so much more than just build an accounting business. I want to build a brand or, or a few brands that, that actually are more than just um, you know, accounting. And, and this is one way that I feel that we can do that by, by bringing a community of people together to learn, to work with each other, to, um, yeah, to, um, to participate in, in crypto and blockchain and all those sorts of things, which um, I don't think um, anyone else is, is doing right now. 
No, I think you're right. And I'm going to ask Alex to um, to ask you more about that towards the end and, and definitely give, give people contact details or understand how to get involved with that. But so at, in your firm at the moment, you um, you offer normal accounting services, but digital only uh, for, for cloud based um, accounting. And also you advise on, on crypto and data collection and managing that from the com- normal compliance perspective that you would have to do with any other assets and income. Is that right? Yeah, correct. So if, if I can just quickly just like delve back into the history slightly. So so when we set up on um, about 11 years ago now with what well, it wasn't called Nefos at the time, but, but now it's called Nefos. Um, from day one, we wanted to be 100% cloud based. Um, so we wanted to be using, um, you know, we briefly talked about tools like Receipt Bank before we came on, on air, um, you know, now called Dext, obviously. But um, so we use zero from day one, Dext from like, day two type thing you know so we've always tried to be really focused on on technology and bringing you know my background is management accounting rather than mm-hmm. practice um so bringing financial data to clients so that they can use that data to to improve their lives and their business etc so really then there's been no difference in in terms of crypto um in, in that we are now saying to people right you are making money or you are um, losing money or whatever it may be, but you're, you're building a business in crypto, whatever. Now, there's no difference there to, to investing in the real world, to building a business in the real world. Um, the difference is just the technology that you're building it on. So um, so how can we help you? Um, and I think in, in the crypto industry, especially at the moment, there are the business owners within crypto at the moment and the investors within crypto, they don't seem to have the same business skills that, um, mm. that, that people um, but outside of that have, right? So, so again, we're coming in and going, right, guys, let's help you. Let us, you've got an amazing idea. You, you're an amazing engineer, blockchain engineer or whatever. You can create some incredible stuff that I couldn't even dream of, but let us help you kind of bring some business sense to that and, 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 and kind of yeah, grow a proper business rather than and this is this is the I'm rambling now, but this is the, the problem I think with a lot of um, I'll probably do this a lot. Sorry, um, the, the problem with with a lot of um, crypto businesses, right? They they get this they get this tag of oh they've gone bust because the crypto part didn't work, or you know they decided they were going to deliberately screw people over or whatever, which actually. You know, nine times out of 10, that isn't the case. Actually, nine times out of 10, they're just bad business people, which, mm-hmm. you know, if they've never been in business before, why wouldn't they be anything other than a bad business person potentially, right? Because they haven't got the right people around them. And that's what we're trying to do is build, bring people together. So whether that's us, lawyers, you know, marketeers, you know, all of those kind of professional services, really start bringing them into the crypto space and really helping crypto businesses to be proper businesses. And, and just... just it's super interesting that you say that, Joe. Right? Like, I, I, I think like everybody in the world right now, everybody can sit there and count on their hand. They've probably got like four or five mates that have been barking about crypto for the last however many years. I'm super grateful that like 2016, 17, one of my very, very good mates was already massively on that train and like encouraged me to do some stuff. But like very much like a personal capacity. And he was like, look, if you're willing to gamble with a bit of money, like go for it. But Somebody earlier this year said to me something that really stuck with me and has stuck with me ever since. And I, I was doing a bit of research before this to try and quantify it. But Wells Fargo actually released <clears> some data at the start of this year that compared Bitcoin adoption at the moment 
with where the internet was in the mid 90s you know about 12 13 of americans last year traded or bought bitcoin in some capacity which was roughly the same adoption as the internet in the mid to late 90s and you know you only have to go and look at um you know some of the stats around how that adoption has gone through the roof in the last three or four months with the dip um, there's nearly a million people now that own a whole coin. Um, I think in the last week of June alone, there was 13,000 new what they call whole coiners. It's funny how new terms come out. Like these are way more familiar to you than than myself. But, um, you know, there's also the risks that come on the other side, right? Since the start of this year, 80,000 Bitcoin millionaires have been wiped off the face of the earth. Right? I can, you know, it's easy to get hold of these stats online. But the question that comes out of that is exactly the way that you've set up the business. And like no other business, there are technicians, managers, you know, we've all been through the e-myth in some capacity. Um, but how have you seen that trend in the last 12 months change with businesses setting up around crypto um, and how yeah. have you seen the evolution from a practitioner's point of view? Yeah, and I just want to add into that. Yes. Actually, that leads on to, and, and I'm, I'm hearing now, and I think your LinkedIn profile, by the way, is fantastic. So everybody should go mm. and follow Joe on LinkedIn because his posts are just make it so clear. He just talks about, about real basic fundamentals. Um, and that is that a lot of business owners are, are dabbling and, and going into crypto investments or even doing a little bit of building in the metaverse as part of their mm. traditional business. So there's two types of, Clients really, isn't there? There's those that are full on crypto, and then there's most those more traditional business owners that are, are just dabbling on the side, if you like. So, so there's different types of services that you provide into them, is there? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, kind of winding back slightly then to, to Alex's this question first, and and then I'll come on to yours, Kirsty. But um, we're definitely seeing, a, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> a significant. Um, improvement, if you like, in the skill set that the crypto businesses are, mm. are are kind of displaying, right? And there is, like any business uh, model, like any kind of, you know, technology, whatever, that, it goes through ways, right? So last year, if we were talking this time last year, you know, probably 90% of the crypto businesses out there would have been anonymous. So you wouldn't have known who they were. They would have been mm. hidden behind NFTs um, or, um, you know, pseudonyms or, you know, Twitter handles. And there's, don't get me wrong, there's still a lot of people, but, you know, that that was a big thing, right? That crypto businesses were anonymous and that you didn't know who they were. And that was an amazing thing about it. Flip that now, actually, the, the latest buzz thing in crypto is to not be anonymous, is to be out there and say, you know, we're not like the rest of crypto because we are telling yeah. you who we are. We are out there and, you know, and, and so it's really interesting to just watch and see how the business model, and, and, and if we go back to the point I made a minute ago around, you know, these crypto businesses, you know, uh, go bust or whatever, you know, even if you had two people doing exactly the same thing in exactly the same way, one was anonymous and one was out there, and they both went bust for exactly the same reason. We all know what's going to happen to the one that's anonymous. They're going to get told that it was, you know, a scam and they were hiding from everybody, even mm. if that isn't the case. So, so I think it's it, as crypto evolves, as people evolve in the crypto space, um, it's more expectation now that that these companies are becoming more visible. They're sharing information about them, you know, about what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, but the other really interesting thing is that. You know, what people forget sometimes is that a crypto business's balance sheet, if they're a full-on crypto business, their balance sheet is is publicly available on the blockchain, right? Yeah. Because their wallet, which holds their cash, their, you know, reserves, um, is effectively public information. So, um, so I think that's another really important thing is that people are now starting to realize that actually 
you can't um you know just take money from from a pot that your business owns that you know that the community have paid into or whatever because actually anybody could <laughs> go out there and find that inf- information <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um so um it, it's one of those situations where i think the the anonymity around crypto is now becoming actually this well let's let's kind of and i think that was naivety i think that was a naive mm-hmm. thing for crypto and business owners in crypto they thought they were they were saying what everyone wanted, which was we're hiding behind an anonymity and nobody can tell us what to do because nobody knows who we are. Whereas now everyone's kind of like, well, that's fine in the short term, but it doesn't work if you try and grow a proper business. People want yeah. to, you know, people buy people. Well, credibility. Say, right? people want, yeah, yeah, they want to see it. They want to, especially especially if you want to go outside. So say, Kirsty, you and I were looking at an opportunity to invest in the same business separately. You know, okay, I'm in crypto, so I might, I might, I might risk it if you like because I'm more in it, but you, for example, might go, I'm not going anywhere near that because I can't see who the founder is, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think that's, that's a really interesting sea change in, 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 in business. And, and then you're right, Kirsty, you know, we've now got more businesses and we, you know, you talked Alex, about, you know, Tesla, for example, mm. um, who have just sold off a load of their Bitcoin, but you know, you could argue that they're a, you know, they're a traditional business, you know, traditional, but you know what I mean? Um, mm. That have, they're not a crypto business, but they've added crypto to their balance sheet. Um, yeah. Or they're accepting crypto as a as a payment method. So um, there are there are lots of kind of like normal in inverted commas businesses. I saw the other day that Etihad um, Airways are have now got an NFT membership uh, for their for one of their you know like these membership flight yeah. club things you get. Um, mm. So they're they're going to tokenize there, so you become you know an NFT holder and um, you know all those bits and pieces. So um, so I think there's a lot more traditional businesses now that are starting to put their faith in crypto in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I think that is then making the 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 kind of traditional crypto businesses now stand up and take notice and go, well, okay, well, if these guys are doing this and, and doing it publicly and whatnot, then we probably need to start doing a similar sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, and that that was one of the things that drives a lot of um credibility in ethereum right as a coin i mean you can talk more about like how ethereum differs from from bitcoin but they've got they've got a an executive board they've got a ceo you know it's it's there is a leadership team that is more has a degree of accountability versus you know as you talk about decentralized in other areas actually there is you know natural anonymity that comes with that as well yeah it's it's one of those situations where, you know, Bitcoin, for, for what it is, you know, Bitcoin was created by a, an anonymous individual, group of individuals. We actually, you know, we don't know. Um, so, um, you know, that the, there's never going to be a CEO of Bitcoin, if that makes sense, right? So you're never going to have somebody that you can go, okay, Mr. Bitcoin, I'm doing, you know, um, like you can in, um, you know, in, in, in the traditional world. And, and there's naturally, there's pros and cons to that, right? You know, that obviously the pros are you, you've got someone that you can kind of talk to that you can complain to or whatever, right? But on the flip side, it also means that there is no pressure at the top to deliver salaries to CEOs or deliver profits for, you know, for, for CEOs and shareholders and bonuses and all that jazz, because actually the rewards are spread across. The harder you work within the Bitcoin network, the hard, the more reward you're going to earn, right? So we reward people that work hard to keep the network going. So, so there are definitely pros and cons. Like you say, Ethereum, technically Ethereum is also a decentralized network. Um, and, you know, they have a, like you say, a management board, um, because again, we've got a we've got a decentralized network, but but ultimately, you know, a lot of the time, someone's got to press a button to make something happen, right? So you've got to um, so um, you've got to have have that. But yeah, again, the, the the two most decentralized cryptocurrencies are 
Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay. So, so that let me move now then on to Stablecoin and Terra and Luna. Explain what these are and, and what's significant about what's happened with those over the last few months. Yeah, so Stablecoins is an interesting one as well, because again, we talk about fast-paced move news. Um, yesterday, the UK uh, government came out and said that they are, they've got a plan to regulate Stablecoins mm. and to uh, they're going to bring out a bill um, in the next few weeks that, that, that talks about that in more detail. So Stablecoins were designed to be, so Stablecoins are still a cryptocurrency, they're still a blockchain-based uh, um, crypto. But the difference with them and, say, a Bitcoin or an Ethereum is that they are, by default of the word, they are supposed to be stable. And by stable, we mean that they are pegged to a fiat, which is you know traditional currency, um, you know dollar, GBP, euro, etc. So um, the biggest one right now by market cap is USDT, which is a, run by a company called Tether, um, which is effectively pegged one to one with the US dollar. Um, there's one called USDC, which is run by a company called Circle, which is the second largest, again, pegged to the dollar. And both of these have got um, other kind of fiat currency denominations in euro, et cetera. A couple have just released a GDP one. So in principle, if you're in crypto and you don't want to be in a particular token, your safe haven, if you like, would be um, would be in one of these stable coins. Right? Now, what Terra did... Um, and what happened to them was was a kind of totally different model. So so USDT and USDC typically, and there's a few um, transparency issues with those guys, but um, they typically are backed by real world assets, whether that's other cryptocurrencies or uh, physical dollars or you know physical buildings or whatever, right? So they've got a reserve. They should be over collateralized, so they should always have more in their reserves in physical assets than they uh, owe out to, to people that want to redeem their USDC, right? Now, that in principle, that works fine, assuming that the transparency is fine, which, like I said, there's a few question marks over, so hence why regulation needs to come in for those. But, um, but what Terra decided to do was say, well, we don't want to back it with physical assets. We don't want to make, you know, what basically is a dollar, but put it on the blockchain. We actually want to create something that's algorithmic. So if there's an issue with our stablecoin, our system will basically fix itself, right? That, right? That's effectively what they did. So what they if we want to kind of dumb it down, what they kind of did was say, we don't want to put a person in a car. We want to make a car drive itself, which sounds like a great idea, right? Everyone's happy with that. The problem is what they didn't do was test whether if the car drove and someone walked in front of them, whether it would just run them over or whether it would actually stop. They never right. really tested it to, to, a, to an extent that if the market did what the market did, whether it would work, right? So the unfortunate thing for them was um, when the market crashed, their their kind of algorithm broke. And, and if their algorithm broke, that was the only thing that they had really going for them. Um, it, it kind of pulled the whole thing down. So the way they worked was, um, so Terra was their UST, was their stable coin, and Luna, which was their native token for their blockchain, um, was basically the sacrificial lamb. So when UST was below peg, they would buy more of it to, to drive the price up. So they'd sell Luna to, to, to bring the price up. And when it was over peg, so say it was $1.1 rather than one, they would obviously then sell that um, to buy more Luna. And, and that would how it worked. Yeah? So they'd deplete Luna with one way and then they'd increase the Luna the other way, right? And they'd always try and maintain the peg. 
the problem was when it started breaking peg, they couldn't sell Luna quick enough to, to mm-hmm. cover the shortfall and, and it just carried on going down. Um, so, so actually it was a, it was a, an experiment that went horribly wrong. Um, UST were offering 20% returns on their stable coin. Um, I've got a message in my phone to a friend of mine. Um, luckily I pulled it out beforehand, but where I messaged him and said, I'm earning 20% on, on a stable coin that will never go down in value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look back at that now and you go, well, um, if, you know, if I'd left all that in there, it'd have been in a, you know, a tough place. So yeah, so uh, uh, that's the, sorry, that was quite a, a lot. No, it was really, int- no, really good. Thank you for explaining that a bit more to me. Let's just shift a little bit into something else that's been in the news recently. And um, it, it's kind of related where it's Celsius network has collapsed into insolvency. So as I understand it, Celsius network are a peer-to-peer lender that people have invested their money in to, in order to, to, to be lent out to others. Um, so what, what's happened with, with these then? Do you think, um, and do you think now, we've, you've talked about regulation a little bit earlier, do you think we're going to end up with the market being regulated? And if so, who buy? Yeah, so so Celsius, so quickly then, so Celsius are, uh, like you say, a peer-to-peer lender where um, the likes of you and I would go on deposit our tokens and um, and they would then lend those tokens out to to other people in the form of a loan. Like, t- same way a bank would in traditional circumstances. You go into the bank and deposit, I might go into the bank and borrow, right? Um, there's a couple of ways in crypto that that can be done. The first way is through the centralized model, which is what Celsius are, where there was, you know, Celsius are a company. There is a CEO, there is a CFO, there is a, you know, there's people that are operations people that are doing the day to day. So physical, uh, you know, kind of people are, are doing the jobs. And then there's a decentralized way. So there's a protocol called Aave, which is A-A-V-E. And that is a decentralized finance protocol where um, it, the the transactions are run by smart contracts, right? So I won't, I won't get into it, but that's so there's two different ways, right? Okay. Technically, the decentralized way is um, the safest because it's run by a computer, not by a person, yep. right? So yep. that's in principle, that's the holy grail. So Celsius will run by people or are run by people. Um, and the problem is people make decisions and sometimes mm. people make bad decisions. Computers can't make good or bad decisions, right? Computers mm. can only make a decision that they're told to make, whereas humans can make good and bad decisions. And unfortunately mm. for Celsius, they made some bad decisions with customers' money. Um, and what that meant was they, they then couldn't um, redeem all of the the kind of like loans, if you like, or they couldn't pay out people's deposits because they couldn't get money back in quick enough, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there are a few, as with anything in crypto these days, there are a few rumors about how it exactly happened. Um, there was a hedge fund in, um, in the US called Three Arrows Capital. Um, if you Google them, um, you'll see a lot about them. They've also gone into insolvency at the moment. And they were, um, they, they were there's talk that, that Celsius had some money um, you know, with them, which because they went bust meant that Celsius couldn't get some money back, and you know this right. whole kind of vicious spiral. There's also talk of Celsius having a big Luna um, holding again, not sure if that's true, but yeah. again, it, you know these knock-on effects. So, um, and and also, you know, what you've got to remember is we're talking about um, these loans get collateralized by volatile assets. So if I've got Bitcoin, let's say one Bitcoin, and you know six months ago that was worth fifty thousand dollars, and I collateralize a loan and get what I get a loan for forty thousand dollars, let's say, you know now that Bitcoin is worth half of the loan that I got. Yeah. So I've now got to have a lot more Bitcoin in order to cover that loan. Yeah. So again, you know Celsius were doing similar things. They were using the money they had to to lend out to to leverage collateralized loans, etc. And because the 
collaterals oh, yeah, drop so much. Yeah, they've yep. been, you know, there's, there's, there's margin calls and all those sorts of things. So, so again, I think, you know, in a, in a way that if a bank started up tomorrow um, and they uh, had an owner who maybe didn't make the right decisions, they could go bust. That's basically what happened yeah. with yeah. Celsius. They made some poor decisions and, and, and they're paying the price of that. It, it's kind of irrelevant to their crypto to an extent. Yeah. Um, you know, the crypto side is just the business that they were working yeah. on. It was yeah. just that they made poor decisions. Yeah. yeah. So, so in terms of regulation then, I mean, this is always going to be a volatile market, I should imagine. And, and there are going to be people that go into it without the education and understanding of the risk. So there is a call for regulation. But do you think it's ever going to happen? What's your personal view? And if so, who, who's do. going to regulate it? I mean, this is what I don't understand. I- I do think it's going to happen. Um, I think that each jurisdiction will regulate in their own way. So the US and the SEC and, and okay. whatnot will will regulate um, one way, shape, or form. I think the FCA here will regulate certain the businesses of that it. are invested to protect the businesses in their country. Not nec- right. So okay. So um, some of them are regulated in several territories, basically. Yeah, so let's say, for example, that I run a run an exchange and I want to operate in the UK. I want to operate in the US because I want to sell to UK and US investors. And the only way I'm allowed to do that is by registering with the FA and the SEC over there, right? Mm-hmm. Then, obviously, if something goes horribly wrong, then you as an investor in our exchange has got the ability to go to somebody to complain or to try and yeah. get the money back or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So, so that ultimately that base level of regulation will, will have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am very much, a, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I believe in an element of regulation, but I don't believe in a, I don't believe in stifling innovation to, to regulate. I think mm-hmm. people, one of my biggest, um, you know, we talked about being cynics and stuff earlier, but one of my biggest problems in the world is that we nobody will take responsibility for their yeah. own actions. Snowflakes. So, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, you know, r- rather than telling people what to do, you know, maybe you should allow them to make a few decisions. And if they make a mistake, that's on them, right? Yeah. Give them the tools and the research yeah. and the information. I won't even get into my opinion on COVID, but anyway, um, <laughs> you can probably imagine what it was like. Um, like let people go and make decisions and if people make bad decisions they've got themselves to blame they haven't got a government to blame they haven't got a financial institution to blame they've got themselves to blame now don't get me wrong there are there are areas where people are scammed there are areas where people do need more support and i and i totally agree with that Mm. but i also think that that stifling innovation to protect Mm. every single person in the world um is and some people will enter into transactions knowing full well the risk but because there's regulation behind it mm. they'll fall back on that anyway and they'll go oh well i was scammed well no you weren't you knew what you were doing but you want to try so i think it's, it's a hard hard thing yeah it's a hard thing i think to get that right um so we'll see we'll have to see what what comes out i think stable coins anything that is labeled stable naturally <laughs> needs some kind of control right you can't call something a stable coin and one day it'd be stable and the next day not that's Oops, not fair sorry. you know your marketing yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. and, and, and there's a there's a big challenge here right i think like the the, the stigma that, that has been placed on cryptocurrency over the last however many years is that like it's high risk high reward and people often enter it and think well if i put a thousand pounds in today tomorrow it's worth four i'll sell it tomorrow and walk away but actually, they put a thousand pounds in today. Tomorrow it's seven fifty, and they think, "Ah, oh, crap! That was my whatever it was that I needed to pay off my loan." Or and that that's part of the challenge. And that I think um, is where people like yourself, obviously Joe, come in and 
um, can help support, guide, advise, provide some insight into a obviously the risks, but b how to sensibly and intelligently work the market from a business perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's the same with gambling, right? You know, I enjoy gambling, right? I enjoy putting a, a bet on the football. I enjoy putting an accumulator on at the weekend, but I don't go into Labrooks every week and stick a million quid on. You know, mm. um, I'm a Man United fan for my sins. So um, thankfully, <laughs> I don't stick a million quid on Man United. Otherwise, I'd be a very poor man. But um, but like my point is like, you know, because I have an element of self-control, right? I've got an element of personal responsibility that if I walk into Labrooks and put a million pound on Man United and they lose, that's on me. That's not on Labrooks or, you know, that's on me as an individual. Now, not everybody is the same. So I do agree that there needs to be some control. You can't just have big flashing lights in Labrooks saying, bet all of this mm. money over here and you'll never mm. lose because... You know, it's under 18s it's, it's those that have so got, you've got yeah, to, there's yeah. got to be there's got to be an element of control so i do believe in some of it but i also think an element of personal responsibility i guess is what i'm what i'm getting at in that and you can't always blame other people for your own mistakes yeah is is my view uh, so so i think so i think stable coins should be regulated just to finish on that because they are marketing themselves as stable so therefore they should be stable and USDT and USDC, I mentioned that there's some transparency issues. They should be 100% transparent with their, you know, users, you know, and I hold, I think USDC, I shouldn't really say this on a podcast, but I think it's one of the better ones. I think it's one of the more secure ones. You know, I would hold my money in USDC fairly comfortably, but they're still, tra- I still don't know exactly what their holdings are. I still don't know exactly what their backing is. So mm. I think if you're, if you're calling yourself a stable coin, you need, to do what you are saying you are doing but if you are describing yourself as a high risk you know cryptocurrency you know then sometimes you've got to realize that high risk means it might go up and it might go down and yeah you've got to deal with the consequences of that a hundred percent and i think you know the, the the big thing with all of this is like i mean this is i think one of the challenges i i actually just googled for just for um you know uh, testing sake just now <laughs> I, I just googled around stablecoin like how do i make money from stablecoin i just put those those seven or eight words in and there's like 30 different answers that come up on the first page of google and i imagine if i read through all of them they've all probably got contradicting messaging contradicting pieces some of them might go here some of them might go there and i think that's part of of the journey with all of this is that actually there's a high amount of um individual responsibility you need to bring into it um, and there's a high amount of individual research and preparation you need to do in order to go into this with an open mind. In the same way, you know, if you look at and, and digest a lot of what we've said today, a lot of the examples and, and explanations you've given, it really boils down to a different format of stocks and shares trading. You know, when you're putting money into a lot of these big companies, it's like putting it into a hedge fund of sorts. And actually, if you're trying to make money by trading this into that, it's no difference from trading, you know, let's use Tesla and let's use Apple shares, right? It's a different one. Apple's down, I'm going to buy, they're up, I'm going to sell. It's a similar construct. Um, And so I think that's one of the things that a lot of businesses, a lot of individuals in their personal capacity haven't processed or realized in the last um, few years since it became uh, increasingly salient. So, um, Joe, you know, it's been amazing talking today, some incredibly helpful insights um, and some really good understanding from you around how the industry has changed, but also um, where and how businesses can perhaps think about a leveraging an opportunity, but also I think really importantly, um, reinstating that you know businesses that work in the crypto space they might have crypto as a um, a service offering but it's no different to being a restaurant no different to being a different type of SaaS company etc it just mm-hmm. so happens that that is um, part and parcel of, of where they make money so um, you obviously talked a bit at the beginning about your NFT community 
um, and a bit about the specialism that Nefos has in this sector. So um, just talk to us a little bit as a bit of a summary at the end. Where can people find out more about you, more about your firm and more about those services you offer so that if this is an area that they are in or interested in moving into, they can reach out and have a chat with you as well? Yeah, so I think we probably need a part two to this. Um, I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff, but I feel like we haven't also talked about a lot of stuff, if that makes sense. So, hundred um, percent, yeah. you are booked. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking we haven't gone on to like inflation. We haven't, you know, any yeah. of that. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know the one thing I really want to say is though, what, what I one thing I'm and I'm, I'm part of a project that we're trying to we're trying to do something now in in this space is, is around education. And what mm. do you know the one thing that I think crypto um, is able to uh, deliver uh, that is significantly um, better than than any other thing in the world is education of financial markets on how finance how, how finance works how mm-hmm. how financial markets work how how supply and demand works inflation you know all these things um, how to trade you know crypto is a real eye opener in in that sort of world and I think that that's another thing that people need to look at is is not even just using crypto to speculate but actually using crypto to learn because it's so open to um to, for people to learn um yeah. that, that there's a huge huge market so um uh, that's part of our nft um so you know just finishing on that point is is how can we deliver education like i said working with another project we're in stealth at the moment but um where we're trying to you know bring education to the masses so um but as um Kirsty very kindly said um if you follow me on linkedin um i do try and put out there uh, content that's useful and valuable um i'm also on twitter um which the handle is um crypto which is c-r-y-p-j-o-0-9-1 um and uh and you can reach out to, to nephos and minor on there as as well um so yeah just just find us on the usual channels and um we're happy to help us you know where awesome. we can and you work and, and- with existing accountancy firms as well don't you if they don't feel they've got the specialism for this they outsource it to you yeah, now look, I've I've dedicated my life to crypto, <laughs> um, rightly <laughs> or wrongly. Um, my my missus and my kids, my kids hate crypto. They don't even know what it is, but they just know that it takes daddy away from them, so therefore they hate it. Um, so um, yeah, so I've, I I don't expect most people to even want to, let alone try to to do that. So yeah, if you're an accounting firm out there, you know, in the same way that we outsource elements of our business that we aren't experts in. And you want to have a conversation around that we we can do that in many ways we can you know we can work with the client individually if that's what you want but at the same time we could we can support you on supporting the client if that's what you want mm. so um so yeah so so reach out to us and uh we, we, we could do bespoke training if you wanted us to do that to come in and do some training for your team etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah the kind of anything is we're open to anything so we just want to get knowledge and education out there around this space so yeah Nice, Joe. And I think, you know, on the kid front, if um, Bitcoin grows in the way that a lot of people think it will and it hits the, the big numbers, I think your kids would be pretty grateful that you're on a yacht in the Caribbean <laughs> rather than uh, in Dubai right now. So it, Indeed, it's a funny yeah. one. And I, look, I mean, I love it. I, 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 you know, from a personal capacity, have, have been involved in it for a long time. Um, and, you know, I think it, it, it's got, you know, this is an opinion, not a fact. It's got a, you know, it's got mm. a really promising future ahead of it. Um, you know, I read the Bitcoin news every morning just exactly for that point of just educating myself. I don't, you know, dibble dabble every day, but I love reading the news just to try and learn, understand, you know, you were talking about, you know, pegging to currency. Obviously, there's lots going on around inflation and pegging to inflation and commodities, etc. Like it's a very, very 
um, interesting and enveloping world. Um, I guess the last question that we ask everybody, every single one of our guests that comes on, um, and I'm going to rephrase it slightly for you today, is that um, you know we always ask a question around what excites you about the future. So today's question for you is on that theme, but it's more around what excites you about the future of, let's talk about cryptocurrency as a whole, rather than it being a particular coin or a particular area, but what you know, what for you is exciting around the opportunity um, that lies ahead in this space? I think the, um, for me, it's similar to what I just said around education. I think if we can, if we can educate the future generations on how finance works, how to manage money, how, how, you know, banks work and, and all those sorts of things and, 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 and explain that in a, in a simple way, I, I don't see how that can be a bad thing for our mm. for our future generations of of children and and the children children and and stuff like that, right? So, um, so I think I think what excites me the most is the opportunity we've got to to recreate the financial system in in a much fairer mm. and um, uh, kind of like user managed way, right? It's probably not the right phrase, but you know what I mean, right? When you know everyone talks about bankers and bonuses and you know. The fact that they, you know, if it wasn't for the bankers, we wouldn't have a financial crisis. You know, there's another argument saying if it wasn't for the bankers, none of us would have any money. So, um, so I, I you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not a banker <laughs> and I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily saying they're the greatest people in the world, but I think also we've got to remember that, you know, without these people, we can't, we, you know, we can't live our lives. So actually, if we, if we don't want that, then why don't we try and build our own? Why don't we try and build our own future and our own financial system? Um, and, and crypto, you know, allows us to do that. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm most excited about is the is the opportunity that we've got to to build a better, stronger, mm. and and more user friendly financial system. Yeah, nice. And I think, look, I, I think it's an area of the world that's not going to go away anytime soon. So the more we can create education and awareness around it, the the you know more stable it becomes, the more um, you know usable it becomes as well. So uh, awesome, Joe. Well. That wraps us up for today. I think we promised last week, Friday, I promised at the start of today's podcast, we'd have a, a an insightful, educative um, podcast. I think we've delivered on that. Perhaps we've left more questions on the table for the next one, I think. Um, Probably. And, you know, that's, that's a really cool one because I think this actually is a line in the sand, is a good one to reflect back on in, you know, X months time around, look, how is the market changing? How are different opportunities, mm. um, uh, you know, popping up? And and um, it is, I think, certainly going to be a, you know, a very, very salient issue for the foreseeable future. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely another one down the line. But I tell you what, thanks. Joe, we'll book you for a cat in web live in December. We'll do a live there podcast you. from there. You book. Yeah. There you don't tell anyone, but I'll I'll um I'll be over as well. Then have to be if it's a live podcast, we'll have a live podcast back. from the show. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Um, amazing. Listen, Joe, thank you so much for joining, and for everybody that's Thanks listening, for having me. thank you um for joining us. Um, for those that are new to Capitalize today, obviously nothing about Capitalize, all about a different world. Um, but our vision um, is to give small businesses and their advisors transparency and control over business finance. We want every small business to identify risks they might face, explore how they stand from a credit perspective and choose the right funding that fits their business. If you haven't subscribed, I don't know what you've been doing, but make sure you subscribe on Apple, uh, Spotify or Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, from there, you'll also be able to go back and listen to a pretty wicked backlog of podcasts as well. If you want to find out more about the Future Positive podcast, that's what you've been listening to this morning, or Capitalize as a whole, please do go to www.capitalize.com. And once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with our regular bite-sized news episodes. 
um, and we'll be back with Joe again at some point in the future. Joe, thanks very much for joining. Kirsty, as always, a pleasure. We'll see you all next week.